The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After entering a boat, Jesus made the crossing and came to his own town, and there were people brought to him, a paralytic lying on a stretcher. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Courage, child, your sins are forgiven. At that, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, Why do you harbor evil thoughts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He rose and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were struck with awe and glorified God who had given such authority to men. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I have, I have many thoughts, so I'm going to try my best to keep them all organized, which we all know that I don't do that well anyway. But um, the first one is, as we celebrate the, the first holy Roman martyrs of the church, just, just to think during this, this entire Mass about their unique sacrifice and also their unique spirituality at their time in the world. One of the things I'm reminded of, you know, largely what we're, what we're really commemorating there is all of those nameless martyrs that, that never were canonized, you know, certainly saints in heaven, but people whose name we might never really know. Um, during the persecution of Nero, the emperor, of course, who killed many, many early Christians in that day, I think it's probably one of the best depicted in that uh, more recent movie, uh, Paul, an Apostle of Christ, the one with Jim Caviezel being there as, as St. Luke recording things, where they record some of the persecutions going on, some of the horrific things like where, where, where they get the term Roman candle, where they would use, you know, the early Christians and, and light them on fire in the streets, you know, to parade through. I think some of these things are depicted in that movie. So truly horrific things that those martyrs died for our faith, but they had a spirit about them that was truly, truly unique. One of the ones I always remember uh, that we, we commemorate in our church calendar is St. Lawrence the Deacon. St. Lawrence the Deacon, of course, famously is the one who had a sense of humor, even in his martyrdom, right? You know, they, they, were, they were grilling him on a griddle, on, on you know, this iron griddle, so to speak, and, and then he said, you know, turn me over, I'm done on this side. You know, and so, like, even in the face of their martyrdom, the spirit of martyrs was that even in the face of death, um, they did not despair, right? Their eyes were still fixed on heaven. So kind of keep that in, in your mind. But um, actually, and, and along with that, one thing I wanted to say is with that sense of humor of uh, St. Lawrence, I couldn't help but think of this. I, when I actually first met Father Mike, real quick, I, there is a, a camp called Higher Call, Higher Call, and it's like a ropes course out there in uh, Yamhill. And I had to do that for a summer as one of my, my summer assignments. And then I was going to go to St. James and McMinnville with Father Mike. But I hadn't met him yet. And so I remember we were out there at the camp, and he actually sat next to me on these bleachers, you know, around, like, uh, you know, the group. And he's just like, oh, hey, so I, I hear you're going to uh, St. James and McMinnville. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, 
Oh, you know, I heard the pastor there, you know, I don't know, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that guy? You know Father Mike at all? And stuff, and then I was like, oh, I hear he's a nice guy. He's like, oh, I'm the pastor. And so, that, so he kind of had me going there for a second, and I didn't, I didn't know who he was initially. And so a sense of humor goes a really, really long way. Um, so don't ever forget that in your, in your spirituality. It really sets people at ease with each other. Um, but today, you've heard me say this before, and it's so important. Most of the sacraments are received only, only once in our lifetime. But when it comes to the sacrifice of the Mass, the Eucharist, us receiving the Eucharist, and reconciliation, we receive those repeatedly throughout our lifetime. That's how pivotal and important they are. So pivotal, pivotal and important that the very last part, the very last part of the Gospel is an amazing reality. It's just when the crowd saw this, the miracle that occurred, they were, struck, they were awestruck, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. That's the amazing thing about our church. That's the very same thing that those early Roman martyrs died for. Rome is not just a city for us, right? There's something very important because that's our home church that's there. I, I can see, you know, Justin, one of our seminarians, is here today, and he studies there, right? He's going to be ordained a deacon at St. Peter's Basilica on September 29th. That's unbelievable. After the heritage of all of these, uh, you know, really built on the soil of the blood of these martyrs. It's an amazing place just to go to class and just to learn. And that authority is what makes us Catholic, that Jesus has all authority. Remember, he says, we say in the creed, you know, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And then that authority, he's able to give to men. And so one of the things that he's alluding to in the gospel that's so important is a very similar one to here. The miracle of the Eucharist is easy for God, right? Because why? He's the creator Almighty. And, and, and I say that often, that if people have a problem with believing in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, you really have to ask yourself a deeper question. Do you believe in an almighty God? The creator of all things, the one who created the building blocks of other things that are created, matter itself, can make one form of matter into a different form of matter, substantially. He's the only one that has the ability to do that. And in the same way, that's the same problem that he confronts a lot of the religious leaders of the day in the gospel, right? You know, he's just like, I'm trying to shift you to a heavenly reality instead of this one right here. He's just like, this, is, this, this healing him, that's easy for me. <laughs> you know, I could do it, but that's what you need to believe. But the forgiveness of sins is by far the more important thing that happens in the paralytic's life. The forgiveness of sins is the important one. Remember that that definition of a sacrament is a visible sign of an invisible reality. And the authority of the church exists so that we can administer that very thing, the sacraments, to his people. It's Jesus's continuing ministry to the people. So he gives the authority to men to continue the ministry of the sacramental life. But what is he always trying to do? Allow us to shift our gaze 
from the physical thing to the spiritual thing, right? A visible sign of an invisible reality. Remember, you know, bread, wine, water, oil, all the physical things that human beings need to survive and to nourish the body. But then there are things that we need that nourish our soul. And so all of Jesus's ministry is trying to get us to shift our gaze. Remember, my kingdom is not here. You know, do not attach yourself to the world, but attach yourself to a heavenly reality. The martyrs, because of their situation in life, our greatest danger in the modern world is the comfort in which we live. Because their lives were not always so comfortable, it was a little easier to shift your gaze to something that was better than the earthly life than they were living. Nowadays, um, it's a little bit illusory because things are pretty comfortable now. We get so comfortable with the material existence that we have that we have a harder time shifting our gaze away from the comforts of our world up into a heavenly reality. But there's, there's reminders all around, right? We know that. The last two years has been a reminder of that, that we don't put our trust in men, as it says, but we, we trust in something higher, in God's authority and the authority that the church has to exercise his sacraments on earth. So if we do those things, if we really believe, if we really receive our Lord in the Eucharist, and we reconcile him when we, when we fail or we run into trouble, those two things are, are what pave the road to heaven. It's the very same thing that the martyrs understood about their faith. It's constantly orienting their very self, their very being, toward the being of God. And if we can do that, it transforms our life, and it's actually not that complicated. It's just following the fundamental aspects of our life. We receive the sacramental life of the church, and those two sacraments that we receive regularly, the Eucharist and the sacrament of reconciliation, those are life-transforming. You know, they transform us from the inside out. So that if we were ever faced with, you know, our own life being traded for life in heaven, we would easily do so like St. Lawrence and like the early church, you know, like the early Roman martyrs, they would just laugh in the face of an earthly death because they believe in an eternal life. And so they're there to inspire us, but also to remind us that we have an authority of the church that bestows power to men to carry on Christ's ministry. And we do that all the way until he comes again. So we persevere in that mission until Christ comes again to this earth. God bless you all.